All right, today we have Katie, and what are we going to talk about today? Let's talk about debt programs. I would love to talk to the credit guy about (laughs) debt programs. (laughs) All right, I'll go get him. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Welcome to the audio version of BARG, exclusively for Canadian mortgage professionals who want to avoid losing the rate game by using the credit game to win. To join the conversation for visuals and additional resources, you can go to our private Facebook or LinkedIn page, and all the links and resources are in the show notes. As today's co-host of BARG, I wanted to get a little bit or get to know you a little bit more. Um, so how long have you been in the industry? We'll start off with a, the easy one. Seven years. This is my seventh year. I started when my oldest son was four years old and going into school. And uh, yeah, seven years later, I'm loving it and way better than when I started. I just keep getting better and better every year. <laughs> that, that That's good because I, I hit a certain year and I, I just... Uh, I stopped enjoying it as much as I did when I first. So that that's why you're still doing it. (laughs) You just liked credit. You just liked one component of it. And then you focused in on that. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm just grateful you did. (laughs) I I, I did swerve there. Um, But I also like the fact that uh, you use your kids as markers for your memory. uh, Because (laughs) (laughs) I have really bad memory. That's why I have five so that I can use them strategically. And yes. uh, we, we planned it so that every two years we had a kid, except for the wow. last one, which kind of messed it up. But it, it was wow. two years so that I could actually kind of remember when their birthdays are. Um, right. So, well, that's yeah. perfect. Five. Holy, that's lots. You have me beat by a few. I only have two. Yeah, it, it's definitely a lot. Um, but uh, <laughs> my, my wife uh, takes, takes the... Uh, Harder know, job? Yeah, well, I I would say the credit. If if yeah. I didn't want to use the pun, but I guess I will. Um, she she gets the credit and she that. gets the credit from the credit expert. I love yeah. it. Um, your name? Um, now I have two. I have two names. Okay, so so I go by Katie and I go by Caitlin, and they are perfectly okay. interchangeable. <laughs> like sometimes even to the same person in the same sentence, <laughs> I will use. Sometimes I'm Katie. Sometimes I'm Caitlin. I've just always gone by both. Like okay. in school, I was always Caitlin, and you know that's my full name. But Katie's right. what uh, what everyone calls me. So whatever comes out, Caitlin, Katie, whatever you want. Awesome. We'll get into the topic for today. Uh, Now, do you deal mostly with A clients or do you deal with a lot of clients that have credit issues in the past? I guess define A client. Like 800 (laughs) scores? No, no, not a lot of those. I think everybody has a little bit of credit issues, some bigger than others. Right. Um, so yes, I do deal primarily in um, A lending. I know there's A lending and B right. lending, which is you know also available at a higher interest rate. And then there's private lending. Right. I primarily deal in A lending, but that doesn't mean that they have a credit. They don't, doesn't mean they have excellent credit. Doesn't even mean that their credit scores in the 700s. You can be an A client and still be in the 600s. So. That's a, a really good point. Um, and and I guess part of the, the game is, is that uh, ideally, uh, the clients want to be a clients, they want to get best rates and best terms, of course, who wouldn't, right, but then their score might be a little bit lower than what they'd like, or, you know, it, they're, they're not expected uh, to have 850 scores in order to get a, a rates either, exactly. uh, which is 
a common misconception that I think consumers have out there. So it's it's just it's just good for people to understand that even if they don't have excellent credit, they can still get excellent rates. It it doesn't have to be perfect, but it can't suck. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Then you got to hang out with this guy. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Then you'll meet my friend Richard. (laughs) This episode's designed to give you answers to the questions I get most when it comes to debt programs. And then I I do have an episode that I I did with my wife or a number of episodes that go into detail of each different program. Good. And then, so if if you want to know more, the links are in the show notes or down below. The first one that I wanted to deal with is debt consolidation loan. I'm sure you've heard of that. I see them all the time. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. Fairstone is one of them, right? Fairstone right. is like a common common what you see on the credit bureau where someone has consolidated debt. With a debt consolidation loan, the, the whole point is to essentially pay off the other debt. But yep. when a loan is closed or a credit card is paid off and closed or canceled, then essentially what happens there is is that can dramatically lower the score. Yes, absolutely. And so it's something to be careful about because a bank won't do a debt consolidation loan without closing and paying off the other accounts. That makes sense. Yeah. Right? Because that's the whole purpose. Yeah. They're like, stop doing that. Stop using that. Let's pay that off. (laughs) They think they're doing the right thing. And financially, they might be. But Mm -hmm. as far as on their credit score, I've seen double or high double or even triple digit drops because they went and do a a debt consolidation loan. And then closed, closed, closed all three credit cards. And now they only have one Fairstone or no one, one, not even Fairstone. They have one major bank through their bank. Yeah. And, and as you know, the score is one thing, but also (laughs) the the banks are looking for multiple established credit accounts. and, And so that's something that if they're closed, yeah, they can see that it was paid on time three months ago, but now... <laughs> There's no now repayment history. Exactly. There's no showing. They can make a payment every month. Exactly. And so the longer that credit account has been around that they're closing, mm-hmm. the more it will dramatically drop the score. So credit they cards, nice. especially because they, they some of them have been around for 20 years and then being yeah. closed, that's huge drops to the score. So that's that's... One of my that's big, awesome information to share. Yeah. That's that's golden. <laughs> Beware with that. Um, so that's something where if you have questions, of course, you could always reach out. But but the key is, is that the longer it's been around, the more it's going to hurt the score. And so if you need it to be done uh, in order to get the debt servicing in, in mm-hmm. place, then mm-hmm. you might you, you might be able to line it up by doing it after the, the bank has pulled the credit report. And, and you submit it, and then during the, the condition part, you, you, you wait. But then okay. also that, that bank is going to pull the credit report again, possibly right before closing, which yeah. could cause yeah. some issues. So just, just be aware yeah. of it. Um, yeah. Maybe give the heads up to the underwriter saying, yeah, we're going to pay it out, but the score is going to drop because sometimes the underwriters don't know. <laughs> right. And then yeah. they're like, why is this now a subprime file? And yeah. <laughs> that's, that's Where not did a good your credit go in one month? <laughs> exactly. Have you ever had your clients do a debt settlement before? Yes. So in terms of when you're getting a mortgage, if you haven't already settled that loan, 
mm-hmm. we're going to put things on pause until you do settle that loan. <laughs> Never have I ever seen something outstanding or reporting on the credit bureau that's owed to the bank and the lender say, oh yeah, no problem. They can settle that later. That always has to be done first. Um, So if I see that there's something outstanding and they go back to their bank and settle, great. Um, But I really do much prefer to involve you than have them go directly to the bank um, because it seems with the knowledge behind how you can settle a loan, it happens a lot smoother, a lot quicker, and they don't have to pay as much when they have the right advice. Whereas when they go into the bank blind saying, hey, I'd like to settle this loan, it doesn't always go so well. And it ends up taking a lot longer to do, to accomplish. And uh, and it's a stopper for me. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. Right. And uh, I, I do have a link to a video, uh, how to save thousands negotiating it yourself. Um, so it, it goes through essentially the the... The weak points of a collection agency or like really the strategy around it. One strategy, though, that uh, kind of escapes a lot of brokers just because they're, they're not aware of it. If mm-hmm. uh, consumers are coming to you and doing some kind of uh, debt consolidation with a mortgage, um, yes. what happens a lot is the lenders will condition that the outstanding amounts be settled if if they're already written off, say mm-hmm. it's old collections or you know it's a B mortgage or, or something, then you can essentially have that negotiated, and then that negotiated amount is what the lawyer pays. Very cool. As opposed yes. to the lawyer paying out a hundred percent of the money. So if if let's say you're doing a B deal or or a private, and yeah. you're using those funds to essentially get them out of debt. And then yep. the rest is supposed to go to their down payment for a new property. Yeah. Well, you could have uh, a collection agent or sorry, a, a debt settlement specialist go in there and negotiate it. And then the lawyer pays the the lower amount, which right. leaves the client with more. And the bank doesn't care as long as it's showing settled. And the lawyer will that generally work with the debt settlement person. Yes. Oh, so, that's that's a really good strategy. I feel like yeah, that could help a lot of people. Yeah. So if, if you're coming across that, that's that's something that I would suggest anyways. It's it's worth asking. Some debts yeah. can't be settled, but a lot of them can. So can it's, be. Yeah. It's worth it worth a shot anyways. So credit counseling is a, a provincially governed debt program. Gotcha. It doesn't show up in the public records, which is nice and, and why you may not see it. However, a lot of the individual lenders will put credit counseling in the notes, will register it as a seven, which obviously will cause some issues when that person's trying to get a mortgage. Sometimes it will show late payments and other times it, it shows as a one, no late payments, but just has the note of credit counseling. It's kind of all over the place how that shows up, that, that stops the deal. Stops it. You got to get out yeah. of it. Then yeah, you can you gotta, get a mortgage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's got to be settled or paid off just like a, a an outstanding collection or something like that. And then the lenders will start looking past it. But the nice thing about credit counseling or or debt management program, uh, that's, those only stay on the report or should only stay on the report for two years after completion. Oh, good. So, that's shorter than usual, right? Yeah, exactly. So it, it's, it's something where if the client pays it off or has paid it off, you want to get the documentation to confirm when they paid it off because you might be able to get that off the report right away 
and then it's a lot easier to get the deal done. Obviously, that is such good advice right there. If you're going through any of these processes, <laughs> get the paperwork right yes. then and there, put it in a file, hold on to it. Yeah. Because having the paperwork to prove what you've been through, if you're past it is makes it so much easier to get a mortgage after the fact. That that's the key is getting the paperwork, seeing when it's been paid. And then if it can be removed, then great. If not, then at least you have a time frame you can go back to your clients with, as opposed to saying, sorry, I can't help you. And then they don't come back to you when they are ready to go. Exactly. And having that paperwork helps you mitigate with the lender. The lender might have sure. some questions. It might not be a stopper. They're just curious as to the why. Why is there a seven? Why are they reporting right. this? They have some questions. So if we're able to provide a reasonable explanation and the paperwork to back it up, we can proceed. Orderly payments of debts or OPD. Have you heard of that before? I've seen it before, but tell me more about it, please. It only exists in Alberta, and you're in Alberta. That's probably why you've seen it. Um, yes. And Saskatchewan, or um, Halifax is the other province. Okay. It used to be in Saskatchewan, but they got rid of it. And oh, I, I'm not a big fan of the program because of how lenders really have no idea how to use it or, or interact with it because it's only available in a couple provinces. But uh, if you, yeah, if you do come across it, it's supposed to be three years, similar to consumer proposal. That's interesting. So if somebody has it for more than three years ago, it's definitely worth having a conversation of why is it still right. on there? My camera turned off for some reason. I, I don't know why. Uh, I've only been grateful that it wasn't me. Okay. <laughs> I'm the guest here. I'm just glad it wasn't my camera. <laughs> So we're going to go off of the uh, the laptop camera uh, for now and uh, see if we can get through this. All right. So consumer proposals, bankruptcies, uh, they're two of the most common Absolutely. programs that, that I see. I, I'm sure you've come across yeah. it. Yeah, um, I think more bankruptcies than consumer proposals. But yeah, both super common yeah. and not a stopper as long as yeah. you're not right in the middle of it. Yes, that's that's one of the keys. And I like that you say that it's not a stopper because a, a lot of brokers, uh, because they're not sure what's going on or just they just kind of walk away from it. And, and mm -hmm. that's essentially a deal that they could have got paid with or paid for that. Unfortunately, they're not they're not getting. So I did do a, a full episode with Ross Taylor where we go through oh. common errors that's out there uh, that mm -hmm. you can essentially use that and the ideas in there to build your business, get more uh, get more commissions, and of course, help more clients. That's something that you can look into as well if, if you come across a lot of bankruptcies or consumer proposals. Double bankruptcies. Have you ever come across those? I have never closed a deal. I have never made someone a homeowner after a double <laughs> bankruptcy. I'm sorry to say that. I have made plenty of homeowners... Um, after one bankruptcy, but uh, after that second one, I've, I've never been able to find a lender that will successfully lend to them outside of the private world. I get questioned a lot or a lot of credit reports sent to me, and they're wondering why the bankruptcy is on there past the six or seven years, depending on which province they live in. Okay. But the key is that if it has been past seven years and you're seeing a bankruptcy on the report... Most likely that is because of a double bankruptcy oh, because they stay on the report for 14 years. 
Really? The key is, is if you're seeing it past that time frame, you need to ask your client to see if there has been a previous bankruptcy before, because sure. most likely there has been. You had a situation where uh, we're, we're going to call him uh, Todd. Yes, Todd. Todd. So how, how about you tell us a little bit about Todd's story, what happened, and and we'll go from there. Okay. Yeah. Pulled their credit bureau and did not see a bankruptcy submitted it to the lender and the lender is who actually made me aware um, that on the TransUnion there was a bankruptcy that I was unaware of. Just one, not two, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but a bankruptcy that I had no information of. So I had to go back to the clients and say, hey, did you have a bankruptcy that you forgot to tell me about? And they said, oh my gosh, that was 19 years ago. So they had a bankruptcy from 19 years previously that was reporting on their transunion. And it just right. opened up a conversation with the lender of, um, of asking questions. And it's actually really difficult to find paperwork from 19 years ago on anything. Right. So, so yeah, it uh, it made the file a little bit more challenging in trying to assist them without having the paperwork to prove what happened because of the time that had been between when the bankruptcy occurred and the, actually the it was trustee I believe um, had, w was no longer with us. That's how long it had been. <laughs> so we couldn't even contact the trustee to get information. So yeah, that was a tricky one. Yes. But, and uh, I like how you say it was a little more difficult. Um, <laughs> yes, it, uh, yes. Just a little. Um, just a little. Yeah. One of the challenges that happens with TransUnion is they will keep an undischarged bankruptcy forever. You could probably steal some cars and uh, get in and out of jail before. <laughs> before that I don't know. Right? I haven't checked. That's, no, but that's how irrelevant it is from 19 years ago. My my call out is any brokers that come across this in any province right now. I'm I'm going through the legislation process. Uh, it's a very slow process, but the idea is once we get it done in one province, then the idea is to take it to each province and Absolutely. essentially try and get that changed because it's ridiculous. But um, for awesome. for you as brokers, the idea for this video. It, or this episode is essentially just be aware that it does happen. If you come across it, it is something that can be disputed. Um, will it be removed? Worth a try. Maybe not on the first one. Yeah, but but certainly worth trying and bringing yep. to your attention, right? Yeah, and and it's something that uh, if if you do have a scenario, at least there's different steps that can happen. Um, they may not get the mortgage right away. Uh, with Todd, you were able to get some paperwork and the the lender took it, which yes. yeah, was a absolutely. happy ending. <laughs> yeah, it really was. It really was yeah. a happy ending for them. They are homeowners. They were able to get past it and they deserve to be homeowners, right? Yeah. So the lender accepted that, saw that and said, this is such old news. I have no idea why it's reporting. So yeah, that doesn't always end that way, but in, in you know, with your help, it did. <laughs> and there are options for the client if the mortgage can't get done or the the dispute doesn't work through TransUnion. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you are the credit expert guy because I don't know anyone else that has more information, knowledge, and willingness to help with credit repair than yourself. Yeah, my wife thinks it's real cool. Thanks, Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. It, it, 
it is cool uh, in my opinion, uh, but uh, that's just one man's opinion. Yeah, no, and a whole bunch of brokers because to be able to look at a file and say, hey, I know someone that can help you. You might not be a homeowner today, but I know someone that help can help you become a homeowner is amazing. It, uh, it well, makes a lot that. more files close and it makes a lot more homeowners. That's the conversation today that that I had. Was there any other questions that you had about debt programs or, or what we've covered so far that that you want to bring um, up? Um, I guess maybe just a general mm-hmm. timeline, I think is super, I would love for you to explain like a general timeline from start to finish. Would you say it happens in under a year, in under six months, in under three months? I think being able to give clients an idea of what the process takes. What do you think? What do you usually typically find? No, are you are you, are you talking about or referring to like once someone has completed a debt program and yes. trying to rebuild? Yes, that's a great question. It, it it is super dependent on what they've done so far, uh, but like depending on the damage, the, the damage, what debt program they went into, you know how strong they are right now, um, where I find that it's it's a lot of it's out of my hands is, is what I find underwriters are most interested in. Uh, so typically whenever there's late payments, a debt program, collections, bankruptcy, consumer proposal, or it, it doesn't seem to really matter what program or, or black mark is on there. Um, essentially I find that underwriters are looking for a couple years of reestablished as an ideal. So if they've been out for a couple of years already, and they've done mm-hmm. some reestablish of their establishment of their credit, then they just might need a few tweaks. And then within a couple months, you can get them back to best rates, best terms. That's awesome. But that's exactly some- what every client wants to hear, right? Is, hey, yeah. that's old news. I am paying my bills now. What next? Right. Yes. Yeah. With a few tweaks, right? A few that's little right. things, you can have them right on track and ready for an approval in a few months. And that's the essence of, of Barg, the idea of how, how to teach brokers to use credit to keep files or get more clients. Because yes. I, I tell you, if you ever need more deals, more files, there are no shortage of people with bad credit that want to get mortgage financing. Yep. And a lot of them have good jobs. You know, they yep. they even have some down payment or could have down payment in, in you know, a short period of time. Yeah. But that credit, understanding it, they, they still feel like they have terrible credit because they did something stupid 19 years ago. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, they, or like you said, they just don't understand it. And I couldn't right. agree more. I feel credit is the most important part of the mortgage approval process. Down payment can come from anywhere. It can right. be gifted. It can come from RSPs. It can be borrowed. It can come from savings. Employment, hey, what you make is what you qualify for, right? right. So those two, there's only really three three aspects of three a mortgage pillars, and yeah. down payment and, and income, I don't think are the difficult ones. I think credit yeah. is the one that, that we don't have enough understanding of. So I think it's amazing that you're able to give the information to brokers and consumers on the hardest part of getting a mortgage. I knew I liked you, Katie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you get my deals done, Richard. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You help my clients. Yes. I'm always happy to to do that. It's uh, it's good fun. Um, So that's essentially it 
for for today. Uh, if you do have a deal and and you're wanting just to review or, or have questions about that or, or specific timeframes, uh, feel free to reach out. I'll see how I can help out. Um, but as as far as today, we'll we'll close it off there. And uh, there's a ton of resources in the show notes or down below for other episodes that clarify in more detail or give you more details on specific debt programs. And then all my contact information if if you need it. So that's it for today. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This was you fabulous. Bet. So nice to see you. As a reminder, if you have any comments, please put them down below. If you had the question, most likely another broker now or down the road will have the same one. If you have a specific client scenario that you want me to review, please send me all the details you can to info at creditgame.net and I'll see how I can help. You can click the see more button in order to get the links and resources that we talk about in the episode. And I look forward to seeing you on the next one.